Listener supported. WNYC Studios. It's the Brian Lehrer Show on WNYC. Good morning again, everyone. Every day during this winter membership drive, we're breaking things up a little bit with a 10-question quiz right here around 11 o'clock. Get two in a row right, and you'll win a Brian Lehrer Show baseball cap. Who wants to play? 212-433-WNYC, 212-433-9692. And today, in honor of this leap year and leap day, February 29th, it's a 10-question quiz about time. Who wants to play? Call in at 212-433-WNYC, 212-433-9692. We've got some true or false questions on things that may or may not have happened on a leap day in the past. We've also got some facts about leap years, our modern-day calendars, and time zones in this 10-question quiz, 212-433-WNYC, if you want to play 212-433-9692. And once again, get two in a row right, and you will win yourself a Brian Lair Show baseball cap. Peter in Syosset is parked there on line one. Hi, Peter. You're the first one up. Ready to play? Yep. All right. A leap year generally occurs every four years. True or false? True. That was just to see if you're awake. Absolutely true. Uh, True or false? (laughs) A leap year is every four years, no matter what. Mm, I'll say yes. That is actually false. Sorry, Peter. The first hard question in the quiz. There's a leap year every year that's divisible by four, except century years, those that end in... 100, must also be divisible by 400. That's how precisely uh, they calculate how they're trying to adjust time so that it's consistent with the sun. So the year 2000 was a leap year because it's divisible by 400, but the years 1700 and 1800 and 1900 were exceptions. There was no leap year in those years. So who knew? I learned that this morning as uh, I got these quiz questions. Francesca in the Bronx, you ready to play? Yeah. All right. Good morning. Good morning. Question three. Did this event actually take place on Leap Day? On Leap Day in 1692, the first Salem witch trial arrests were issued. That is true. That is true. The 17th century witchcraft hysteria that gripped colonial America began on a leap day with the issuance of arrest warrants for three women whose names were Sarah Good, Sarah Osborne, and Tatuba, according to a history uh, published on NorthJersey.com. All right. Um, Question number four, true or false, on February 29th, 1972, Jackie Robinson signed a contract to become the highest-paid baseball player in Major League history at that time, Leap Day in 1972. True or false? Oh, oh. Um, I don't know that. 
I'm going to say false. False is right. Cue the orchestra. <laughs> you win a Brian Lair show baseball cap. I and want he- that hat. So bad. <laughs> oh, good. Well, I'm glad you won. Hang on. We're going to take your address off the air so we can send it to you. And the clue, even though for those of you who aren't baseball fans, was the year, the 1972, because Jackie Robinson was long out of baseball by then. He had broken the color barrier in the major leagues in the 40s. And it was on February 29th, 1972, that the Atlanta Braves slugger Hank Aaron, home run champ of all time, became the highest paid player in Major League Baseball history to that point. Hank Aaron signed a three-year deal worth $600,000, according to what we read in the Economic Times. All right, Elizabeth in Brooklyn, you're next up. You ready to play? Okay, I guess so. Question, you sound kind of uncertain, but but that's okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll go for it. Overconfidence uh, okay. you know, can be a fault. <laughs> um, question number five in our 10-question quiz. According to history.com, about 4.1 million people around the world have been born on February 29th, and the chances are uh, of having a leap birthday are 1 in 1,461. What are people who are born on Leap Day called? There are two versions of the word that are commonly used. Anybody who's born on the day knows it. My son's math teacher turned 16 while he had her. She was a Leap Baby, and that's what I'll say, Leap Baby. Mm, nice, nice try, Elizabeth, but it's leaplings or leapers, and so that's that one. All right, Emma in Flatbush, you're up next, ready to play. Hi, Emma. Hi, I'm winning. All right, question number six. Did you say you're winning? Was that like a bold prediction? Or you said oh, you're no, ready? I said good morning. Oh, you said good morning. Yeah. Okay, well, let's hope you're winning. Uh, question number six. This is a bit more of a tradition across the pond in the UK, but maybe you've heard of it. According to tradition, it's okay for a woman to do what on February 29th that is unconventional at all other times? Oh, gosh. I have no idea. I'll give you a clue. They also say this about Sadie Hawkins Day, if you ever heard of that. Oh, ask out a gentleman. Keep keep going. Go, go, go <laughs> um, beyond. Go beyond. Propose? Yes. <laughs> Propose marriage Thank to you. a man. There are a few legends surrounding this. According to the BBC, one legend claims that St. Bridget was said to have complained to St. Patrick that women had to wait too long for their suitors to propose to them St. Patrick then supposedly gave women a single day in a leap year to pop the question the last day of the shortest (laughs) month. Okay, so that's question number six. Uh, Question seven. Julius Caesar introduced the first leap year around 46 B.C., but his Julian calendar had only one rule, any year evenly divisible by four, would be a leap year. That created too many leap years, and it was eventually tweaked 1,500 years later to the thing we were describing before. 
who made that change to the Julian calendar? And I'll give you a clue. It's the name of the calendar we use now. So either the person's name or the name of the calendar are correct. Basically the same name. Okay, the name, it's the Gregorian calendar, I think. That is um, correct. So you, in fact, could have predicted your victory because you, you did win a Brian Lairshaw baseball no, cup. No. <laughs> so, yes, Pope Gregory the Thirteenth introduced his Gregorian calendar in the year 1582. So that is awesome. Okay, uh, Mary Alice in Port Washington, you're up next. Mary Alice, ready to play? Yes, I am. All right. Um, question number seven. Until the 1800s, every city and village in the U.S., lived in its own time zone, but they all synchronized their clocks the same way. What did they synchronize their clocks to? It was the train schedule, right? Oh, well, that was the next question. Uh, maybe I should give you this, because, <laughs> uh, yes, the in 1883... Yeah, were... Well, the, uh, okay, I'm going to give you that as a right answer, the, the real right answer was clocks were synchronized to the local solar noon, right? So when the sun was the most overhead. But in 1883, one American industry, this was going to be the next question, forced the national adoption of standardized time zones. And the question was, can you name that industry? And that is right, the railroad industry, because they relied heavily on sticking to a schedule. All right. Yeah. Now... Okay. According okay. to Business Insider, question number eight, prior to the railroad, the U.S. government followed thousands of local time zones in the way we described before. However, once the railroad was completed, railroad companies were instrumental in lobbying the government to develop four time zones so the trains could stick to an accurate schedule. So that just further describes what we were establishing before. Now, daylight saving time, doesn't begin until next Sunday, March 10th. But true or false, daylight saving time was to, was created to benefit American farmers, the agriculture industry. I think that's the common wisdom, but I think that's actually not true. You have got it exactly right. That is false. You win a Brian Lair show baseball cap. Contrary. And March 10th is my, and Mark, March 10th is my birthday, so... Yay. <laughs> Yay. Well, happy daylight saving time in advance. Contrary to popular <laughs> belief, American farmers never supported daylight saving time. According to Business Insider, it's been America's urban population, specifically retailers and corporations, who have lobbied to continue it in order to take advantage of summer daylight. All right. Brian in Battery Park City, you're up next and potentially last with question number nine. You ready, Brian? Uh, I would have missed almost everything so far. Uh, very, very humble of you to admit that. Uh, but question nine, maybe you'll get it. There are two states that don't follow daylight saving time. One of them mostly doesn't. Can you name those two states? Mm, uh, um, Alaska and Hawaii? Ooh, you got one of them right. Hawaii was correct, but the other one 
is is Arizona. Um, um, Arizona, except for the Daylight Saving Donut, as they call it, a circle of residents in the Navajo Nation does embrace the time change, according to Condé Nast Traveler. Daniel in San Francisco, you're going to be our last caller. And since we only have one question left in the quiz, if you get this one right, but it's a hard one, you'll win a Brian Show baseball cap. Hi, Daniel. You ready? Pressure's on. Yes, I'm ready, Brian. The question is, which country has the most time zones? And a hint is that it's not a big country. So don't think Russia or something like that that goes hugely east to west. It's it's not a big country, and it just happens to have a lot of territories around the world. So ah, which country the has the most Territories time around the world. I will say uh, Great Britain, UK. That's a, a good try with, with territories as a clue, but the answer is actually France. According to Forbes, France has 12 time zones because of territories around the world. Russia and the U.S. has have 11 each. And interestingly, China, as big as it is, ha, is, has chosen to have only one single time zone. So that's our 10-question quiz on time for this Leap Day 2024. Thanks, everybody, for playing. Glad we were able to give away some Brian Show baseball caps. We'll keep doing a 10-question quiz every day during our winter membership drive. Brian Lehrer on WNYC. Much more other stuff yet to come.